This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home for the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus, co-host of the G-Bag Nation, Monday through Friday, 2 to 7 p.m. Central. Uh, Brian, we finally got, after spending you know basically six weeks over a period of time, us trying to figure out who was going to end up on this roster, we got the the first, not the final, the first 53-man roster, and I think we'll have a better sense of some of the procedural moves that'll be made over the next uh, you know day or two. Uh, by the time people hear this on Wednesday morning, uh, we'll, we'll be getting closer to some of those things becoming official. But just some of your general takeaways, I guess, or, or your biggest thoughts coming out of the roster decisions. Went long at wide receiver, which we kind of thought was a little bit of a mess. I know the last time that you and I met, I talked about Houston and not potentially being on this team with all the work that he had. And I felt like that for all that he did or for all the opportunities he had, he was just okay at it. And I I, I really expected – a lot more from him. And I was wondering if the team thought the same thing with all the opportunities he got, you know, did he show up? And Jerry Jones talked about it uh, on the fan this morning about route running and knowing where to be and all that. And that's something you've talked to us about the whole time when it comes to Houston's game and, and how he can play. Um, you know, to me, I was thinking, you know, they're going to move on. There were other spots that maybe they were going to need to keep guys at. But, uh, you know, he did enough to at least right now be on this football team. But, man, I was I was thinking, give me a little more. Give me more with the opportunities you're getting. Um, you know, and they – but they, they felt differently about that and didn't want to expose him to, uh, to the waivers this cut. So – you know, good for them on that. Um, I felt like they were going to ke- keep the four running backs. They did keep three. And moving on from Malik Davis, I think that was probably a pretty tough um, tough decision for them. 
I personally talked to two NFL teams that know I cover this team pretty extensively, and they were asking me what I thought about Malik Davis. And I told both teams, I thought, me personally, I would have put him on my 53-man roster. But then again, I would have, you know, would have also kept four backs. Um, so, you know, that that in itself, I think, was a little surprising to me. Uh, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with with these corners and these safeties and and uh, and how we get to that. Uh, uh, if that is going to be the final number that they're going to keep uh, uh, keep right now. They went incredibly heavy along the defensive line. We talked about this whole time that their deepest position was defensive line and how, you know, man, they're, they're probably going to have to cut two, maybe three NFL players, guys that will probably end up on NFL rosters this year. In the end, they end up just trimming one of them. They, they let Carlos Watkins go, yeah. and they run 11 deep on the defensive line. Do you think that just came down to it was too difficult a decision for them to say, look, we, we, we can't walk away from any of these guys right now, so whatever procedural hoops we have to jump through, to make sure that we reserve these guys, we've got to do it. It's tough. It's tough to put offense and defensive linemen on the street because you know you're not going to get them back. That's it. It's. Uh, I think with Basham, it was that was a, a guy that played his way on this team uh, with the practices he had uh, against the Broncos and the Chargers and some of the stuff in the game. If you read articles that were written by various cowboy websites, uh, blogging the boys and you know, the, the stuff those those guys that cover, they were talking about Basham was a guy that could have very well been claimed if you put him out there uh, for people to uh, to get. And so, you know, I it's funny. I mean, with Basham. Again, I, I have to check. Is is am I wrong about that, Bobby? Is vested veteran? Is he a vested veteran? I think he's played in this league. Uh, yeah, he he qualifies as a vested veteran. Okay, uh, so, so they they must just you not are a- not going to get him back. And, and you know, the more I mean, yeah, the waivers that used to be with the waivers, you know, everybody went through the waivers and stuff. But with him, the vested veteran, you know, he's likely going to go somewhere else. He's going to you know, you put him on the street, he's going to say, well, maybe I just you know, take another chance uh, at another place. But there were people that were talking about him, you know, being potentially a a guy, but he played his way on. Um, Ridgeway, you know, the defensive tackle, and I had people saying, are they really going to carry all these one techniques? You know, and Ridgeway was a guy that, if you watch his college tape, I think it's far better than what he showed at the NFL level here. I know you and I have gone through some, scenarios where they love his leadership they love the personality you know there's a lot of things to like about him but he played pretty just ordinary ordinarily this uh this summer and I didn't see the the power and the get off and all those things so yeah that's maybe a little bit about protecting the draft right there they have to be happy about what they saw from Tristan Hill yeah and the fact that he was able to to uh, to get himself right and be able to put together enough practices and game preseason game work to where he can make this football team. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think that when we looked at the defensive line heading into camp, I think we both thought two of the bubble guys who may be trying to play outside in were Basham and Hill. And I think there's a case to be made that not including Micah, who's coming off as an edge rusher, just the pure defensive lineman. I think there's a case to be made that Hill and Basham may have been the two best defensive linemen in terms of what we saw from them at camp. And ultimately, you know, that that motivation there really got them over the hump. Jerry Jones talking to 105 through the fan this morning when we said, who's a player that stood out? The very first one was Tristan Hill. I had yeah. somebody at the organization tell me they thought Tristan Hill had the best camp of anybody on the defensive line. So rising to the occasion, I think that's something that they really valued here. Tristan had one foot in the parking lot. Yeah. He really did. He was on his way out of here. Uh, no real sponsor. But what we've learned is that that this defensive staff, especially the defensive line coaches, have done a tremendous job. If you look at a guy like Dorrance Armstrong and how he's progressed from you know last year to this year, you know you didn't see it in the preseasons and stuff, but the practices you watched that you know he was a guy that was really sound technique, you know, right level when it came to rushing the passer and things like that. When you watched him in the drills and things, so. You know, good job of those guys. And that had to be a tough decision for him. But no, I've been in that chair before. It is hard. If they would have had more offensive linemen that would have been, you know, competitive and could have made this team, we could have seen one or two more offensive linemen be on this team. Uh, it just didn't. It just wasn't the case because, again, you don't put those offensive and defensive linemen on that that waiver wire to be to be potentially claimed. Uh, the Cowboys, as it stands now, have one quarterback on the roster. It's just Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush, who's a vested veteran, he was released. The The thinking there is that he will be returning, will be signing back uh, once they're able to make their procedural moves. But they also waived Will Greer. He has to pass through waivers. The idea is that he's going to practice squad, which means Cooper Rush, ultimately, it sounds like, wins that quarterback two competition. I, I don't know that any of us are surprised. I think you and I both, thought that this was all you know by the time things ended it was like Will Greer probably didn't do enough for them to take hold of it but I really really wish and and I don't want to make it sound like they're being cowardly or anything but I really wish they would have had the stones to just say let's roll with Will Greer That's what the- hurt yeah what hurt Will Greer was the fact he got hurt and he didn't play in the Denver game that yeah. was the opportunity that he had if given if healthy enough to play that would have been the time to get ahead of Cooper Rush. And he didn't get to participate in those practices. Oh, the, excuse me, the one practice and then the game against the Broncos because he just wasn't able to do enough. They told us, you know, through whispers that uh, he was going to have to beat, Will Greer was going to have to beat Cooper Rush out. And I don't think you could say that he did that uh that in fact are you surprised at all when we look at the way the 53 is made up 
I think you and I and everybody else were projecting five linebackers that yeah. they were going to have to, you know, they, they were going to have to probably run light at linebacker. Are you surprised they may have sacrificed in some other areas in order to carry both Devin Harper and Luke Gifford? That I think came down to a, a very difficult decision. And I bet you that Bones Fossil was the one that made the final call on that. You know, he, I, I felt like that Gifford was going to be the guy because of the special teams and the familiarity and all that. Harper would have been a hard guy to put out there just because, again, the way that he runs, the way he chases the ball. They might have thought of him in a more inflated way, if that makes sense, that maybe they like him a little bit more because I think they're betting on the promise there because I've seen him run and make plays and be involved, but I've also seen Luke Gifford run and make plays too. And so that was one of those that they probably felt like that they couldn't move on from him. And, uh, and you know, and that's good if they – but. We're not out of the woods yet uh, as far as these rosters go. When If there's somebody there that they think is better, there's some guys right now that are like, whew, made the team. And then they turn around and they start firing claims you know, at, these, uh, at the waiver wire. And then all of a sudden you find out real fast that you're the 52nd player or 53rd player and they move on from you. Do you think Gifford and or – Harper, do you think it's Gifford or Harper that is probably that 53rd player if they claim somebody? I think so. I, I do think so. I don't think there's anybody particularly on the defensive line that they want to release. Um, I'm looking at the secondary. I think they're pretty set on that, that you know, the, with the guys they have. So I don't know if they really, really want to release anybody there. So my gut feeling is those are probably the final two guys. Uh, with well, I take that back. I think about with Ridgeway. Do they want to expose him? It will come down. Do you want to keep one of these linebackers? Uh, you know, or do you want to uh, put Ridgeway out there? I I think those are the two spots you're going to kind of keep an eye on. Boy, I'd have I would have a hard time justifying keeping exposing a guy like Ridgeway might be one of these wide receivers though too I I, I just I'd I'd have a tough time exposing Ridgeway in favor of a guy like Gifford who I feel like four years into it well you know who Gifford is oh yeah exactly we know what that player is there's at least some some potential and some some excitement with what Ridgeway could be but I, I I do agree with you I think that would be part of the conversation and that's just that's a frustrating truth for me uh few undrafted free agents make this roster technically Cavante Turpin, but I mean, he's been a guy who's been out of college for a couple of years now. That's um, the pro department right there. Yeah. The that one no, here. no Malik Davis, obviously, as we just mentioned, Rico Dowdle wins that job at running back. Uh, but a few undrafted free agents who end up making this team, you get uh, Marquise Bell in here, um, Peyton Hendershot and Dennis Houston. We already mentioned Houston. I know uh, you had to be given a, a, a small fist pump uh, when you saw Peyton Hendershot on the roster. I know that's one of your guys now. It is. And you and I had this discussion, you know, about McEwen and things. McEwen is good on a, on a group where it's Sprinkle and others that are competing. He's going to be better. 
the thing for McEwen, he's not going to be better than Hendershot. He didn't play better than Hendershot, and he didn't. And Ferguson was not going to go anywhere. So I, it, I think a lot of it was about availability. You know, it was about you know they they said okay last year McEwen, hey really liked him, maybe a guy that can develop. But wait a minute, we just we got a guy in Hendershot who, you know led Indiana in receptions and all that. And, you know, was a big, big part of what they were doing there with the Hoosiers. And so, you know, that to me, watching him play, that's a no brainer between those two. I I never felt like they were going to keep four tight ends. I never did. You are listening to the love of the star podcast. The love of the star, of course, is an odyssey podcast. You can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 